On this episode of TJ Talk, we spark the conversation with Officer Brian amid the George Floyd protest in Houston. He gives insight to the Black Lives Matter movement from his perspective, and we dive into details about the law and how they affect the police force as well as the public. Please listen at your own risk, as it may trigger a few emotions, but I promise this officer is one of the good guys. We hope you all enjoy, and if you haven't already, make sure you love on somebody today, even if that somebody is you. Go ahead and jump on into it. So, can you tell us what position that you hold for the HPD? Um, so, within Houston Police Department, I'm a patrol officer. Um, I patrol the third ward area, which is known as South Central Division. Uh, been doing it for three years. Been in law enforcement for 12 years overall. Uh, did uh, eight year, well, nine years in Charlotte, North Carolina, before coming over to uh, to Houston. Word, really? Yes, so, 12 years in law enforcement, that's a long time. What made you come to Houston? Uh, I had some of the brisket and, and daiquiris <laughs> about five years ago. And so, brush life brought yeah, you to yeah. Houston? I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> so, you, so, you're a party officer, so you be patrolling at night, but you also be at the club? I like, mean, no, we, we, all, we all have our social life and whatnot, so, man. We're not judging, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> keep, keep, keep work, work-life balance. That's right. what they say. Yeah, okay, okay. So, what exactly made you want to become an officer? Um. Well, I guess coming up in high school, it was an officer. Uh, his name was Officer Alex, and um, I was always just impressed by the way that he carried himself around around school, high school, and whatnot. You know, he's always very approachable. Um, he would come take his uniform off, come shoot basketball with us, you know, um, things that we weren't accustomed to, to seeing um, from our local police department in uh, New Jersey. So um, that sort of dr- drove me to to want to join. That's number one. Um, number two, with our economy today, um, my school, Norfolk State, um, they have a, like a, not a job placement type of program, but something that actually tells you, well, puts you on a, um, I guess an avenue for job security through tough times because a lot of us came out of school when it was like a job reset well when it was like a recession going on mm-hmm. so um you know job security uh retirement benefits things of that sort so i always wanted to do public service i originally wanted to be a firefighter what? <laughs> so what what made you say no I, I, to the red and yes to the blue i was actually in the fire academy and i went up on that ladder and <laughs> I went halfway up and the wind was blowing the ladder and I was like, you know what, just bring me back down. I'd rather join so the other side. scared of heights? I am afraid of heights. Okay, okay. That's, that's, that's one thing I'm afraid of. That's, that's so. literally the whole reason you were like, no, this ain't for me. Very much so. That's the sole reason. But, I mean. Understandable. I mean, I don't do heights either unless it's like, well, I can do like roller coasters, but I'm like, they go up and down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I can't do the ones that are like, oh, let's hang up in the right, air yeah. for a long time. I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do those. I can't do that either. I can't, I can't do those either. So, all right. So, let's jump right into it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, more common areas amongst the black community is the fact that everyone who seems to be a part of the black household has had this conversation or this talk with their parents on how to be compliant when they get into an interaction with a police officer. Mm-hmm. Did your parents have to have that type of conversation with you as a black man? Surprisingly, no. Really? Uh, no, I've, I've never had, had the conversation, per se. Um, I was just... I was always just like a loner, honestly, uh-huh. growing up. So I, I never really had interaction with the police. Um, I, really? I, yeah, I haven't had haven't had 
negative interaction with the police. Um, and and I mean, I mean to to be honest, I mean you know I, many of my friends haven't had interactions with the police growing up. Um, I mean we, we just hung out at the basketball court and played ball. That's what we did, played baseball. So I, I never I never had the talk. I never had the uh, the negative run in. Um, I've I've heard of them. Um, I don't doubt them at all either that, that they haven't occurred. Um, but I haven't had the had the conversation. So would that have, or do you feel like that may have something to do because of where you were at? Like you said in New Jersey, like is it not like a more common thing in New Jersey for? Oh, it, it's it, it's very common. I come from Jersey City, New Jersey, which is right outside of North New Jersey. Okay. Um, so um, it's a very, uh, very affluent uh, African American community there. Um, has its crime issues, um, has the projects and everything else that goes on there. But um, I just managed just to always just stay off of you know the radar of hanging around people that would get me, that would place me in the predicament of being in contact with the police. Okay. Um, you know, like I said, I always hung with a very small group of kids or whatnot. Mm -hmm. We played baseball, we played basketball, mm -hmm. and I was we're in the house by the time the, the streetlights came on. So. Oh, okay, so to get into it, boom, we already know the Black Lives Matter movement is currently something that is going on all over the world, all over, the, you know, in every country, right. things are shifting. So as far as being a man in, a black man in uniform, do you feel conflicted at times as far as like with being a black man and also being an officer with the Black Lives Matter movement? Nah, I, I honestly don't. Really? Yeah, I, I don't feel conflicted. Um, I, have a, I have a moral compass, so whatnot. that's the main thing that, that you have to have at this job. Um, when you do what's right or whatnot, you, you don't feel conflicted about your job with anything you do. Um, and that's just how I am or whatnot. Um, I, I understand that the movement and, um, you know, the movement is very much needed um, in an orderly fashion, that is. Um, you have those who, who come in and they take advantage of the movement, as we've seen people who are damaging buildings and things like that. Those weren't, during the daytime, it was a totally different type. It was more peaceful at night. You had a whole other scene. But um, I don't feel conflicted myself because I do what I need to do at work. Um, I come in, I do my job, I do it honestly, I do it righteously. And um, I treat those how I would want my family and myself to be treated if, if I were in a predicament dealing with uh, law enforcement. So um, I, I don't feel I don't feel conflicted within myself because I do my part um, on my watch. Everything is done correctly as well. You know, with other officers on my scene, you know, I make sure everything is, is handled well, documented well, ran from A to Z correctly, and everyone goes home safe. That goes for us and the, and those that we're servicing as well. Okay. So as far as like the the movement in itself, I said it, it's also sparked a lot of a lot of fear and concern in in the younger generations who may not have been exposed to these things, such as um, the the young gentleman who was. Uh, who was in the video and he was outside in his own front yard playing basketball and he saw the cop car going by and he hid. He, mm -hmm. he hid so that he couldn't be seen. What would you say to, to those children who are, who are fearful of you? Um, I feel like, you know, parent, as a parent, um, I'm not a parent myself, but I, I feel comfortable saying that I would, I would try to let my child figure out the police for his or herself um, while they're at a young age. So they know how to interact with the police as well, and know that police officers are human beings as well. You know that everybody's not out to get you, or you know, 
create a dangerous situation for you either. So. So do you think that 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 they don't have a reason to be scared? Like versus, because like I guess in this in this particular instance, it's not necessarily what 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 the parents say or what the parents teach kid but it's like it's like what they see because i guess at this point you know kids have social media they got tablets they got ipads so with that being said it's like they they see what's happening so they are associating like this this position or this uniform Mm -hmm. with with these these tragic events because at this particular time that's all that's being pushed out there that's all that's being published and Mm -hmm. and it's the reality of what's happening right now so for for those kids who are just like okay, like you said, they can still look at you and there could be no one around, and they would be like they wouldn't trust you, and you're a person that they're supposed to trust. Right. How 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 are you like, or what are you able to do to to try to turn that situation around? Well, I would just be organic with with the, with the child, and you know, let them get a feel for me of who I am as an individual. Oh. Not 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 for me. I can't speak for an entire department. Right. I can only handle. Handle my, my piece. Right, right. So, uh, one of our listeners wants to know, have you ever experienced any Karens while on the job? I have not. Um, <laughs> I, I, find, I find that very, uh, you know, I, I find it very, very entertaining when I see that type of stuff on, uh, on social media. Um, things that, that, you know, the police are called for. And I've answered some ridiculous calls. Um, now you gotta give the people one. You can't say that and not give the people one. <laughs> I mean, the the ridiculous calls coming like I said, I'm not a parent myself, but I get called into almost parent people's children. You know, my child doesn't doesn't want to go to bed. Well, what do you want me to do about that? I mean, <laughs> you know, now now that's when the negative outlooks outlook comes in. Now you dump your situation on me mm-hmm. to be a parent. I don't know what to do to put your child to bed or, you know, your child runs away and you find your child like, yeah, I need to take my child, take them somewhere. Where do you mean to take your child to? Like, and now, once again, I'm placing a predicament and that goes back around 360 to that negative outlook. Yeah, where you have now, to I'm called in during a bad situation and now I have to take your child to um, CPS or something like that and now your child will always see a police car and be like, you know what? I'm out of here. Opposed to if they really need help, they're fearful, so they're gonna choose, you know, the flight over, you know, coming to talk to us. So, um, ridiculous calls, ridiculous calls as such. Um, I mean, we wear many hats. I, I'm a, I'm a doctor one night, without no PhD. I'm a, I'm a parent some nights. Some nights I'm a, I'm a mental health counselor. I mean, we wear many hats. I'm a taxi cab driver. It just depends whatever now one gives me for for the night. So, um, so in. <laughs> As far as like what exactly you're you're able to do with it, like while you're in uniform, mm-hmm. are you able to support the Black Lives Matter movement while you're in uniform? I mean, uh, as you have seen, um, I mean, our chief and many other officers have have, have marched in uniform. I I, I walked down Emancipation mm-hmm. Avenue in uniform, you know, um, you know, just to show support as well. Um, also maintain the safety as well for them, you know, to make sure nobody come plowing a car through, 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 through the rally or whatnot, you know. So, you know, it, it was it was a very interesting time because at the same time of you know the focus being on us, we were there to still ensure the safety that nothing like a Charlottesville occurred. Mm-hmm. You know, like some radical person came driving the car up at the same time, having to deal with the crowd who was at times, you know, not nice, but <laughs> overall. Uh, 
you know. So how do you how do, how do you like mentally deal with that, knowing that there are a lot of people out there that don't not necessarily like you, but like what you I guess stand for or are employed with, if that's the right words. Um, I guess we'd be employed with. Okay. Um, um, but uh, I mean, my my thing is like I, I can't. I was always taught, you know, by my parents, you know, you you can only control yourself and your emotions. You can't control, you know what others feel, and they have the right to feel that way about me if, th if that's what they wish to feel. I mean, you catch me on a day off, I might be the guy who's out on my off and you drink at the bar. Right, you know? right, so, right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it, it's all good. I, I don't take it personal. Um, I've, I've been it for 12 years, so I'm, I'm not new to it. Um, you know, I understand that, you know, a lot of the frustrations aren't with me. It's about the uniform. Um, you sit down, you have a conversation with me, when I can sit and chat with you all day about multiple things, you know, whether if you want to get into, you know, real estate. I just bought a house and I don't even know what I'm doing with it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's an adventure for me. You know, I can sit and talk about that. I can talk about traveling. I can talk about different spots to eat at, you know, um, whatever you want to discuss. I mean, so, I'm... You're a person outside the uniform. I am. I am. I mean, you know, I was me before the uniform. Right. Know? I went to a historically black college, you know. Oh, so okay. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm what's up? Oh boy, <laughs> the swag. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I don't take it. I don't take it personal at all. So do you feel that the 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 current movement has made your job harder? No, it hasn't. Really? Mm -hmm. Like it hasn't affected the flow in in any way. No. Um, beyond working twelve-hour shifts outside of my eight, um, which has went back to normal, um, it hasn't. So, you so with that being said, so on June 10th, which would have been uh, last Wednesday, they finalized the budget for the city. And so the budget came out to $5.1 billion. And that's the, the citywide budget for Houston. And the amount, can you guess how much it was for the Houston Police Department? I think it's a little over $1 billion. $1 million? $1 billion. Oh, I was like... You 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 real modest there. Talking about some one million. <laughs> it was, it a, little was a little less. It was a little less than one billion. Like nine nine fifty six or something like that. Nine sixty four. That was close. Nine hundred and sixty four million dollars solely for the Houston Police Department, and that is a twenty million dollar increase from the budget for last year. Mm -hmm. So they currently have, or there is currently also a defund the police movement um, in regards to, of course, the amount of money that they receive. Because I believe if we're talking about the, uh, the fire department, I believe their number was um, $517 million. So that's like a, a decent $400 million less. Do you really feel like the police department needs all that money? Uh, I definitely do. What? Uh, for the simple fact that I was I was in the middle of a protest without without riot gear. I mean, that's how short funds are or whatnot. I mean, had somebody chucked a rock from a from a parking a parking lot above, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. You know, oh. or if if there was you know something sprayed on me or whatnot. I mean, you know, so I, I was out there just you know. Just in regular uniform, or whatnot, you know, and that's because there wasn't enough gear to go around for everybody. You have to know where we are—the fourth or fifth largest department in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, we did say that. We actually, uh, we actually police the population that has the adequate size of Chicago. Mm -hmm. 
with half of their, their police department. So mm-hmm. Chicago's at 13,000. Chicago's a big city, too. They have a really nice skyline. If you haven't been, go, hey, yeah. you ordered for a Chicago girl. Yeah, the taste of Chicago's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, uh, we, have half their, we have half their department size, so we're stretched in. Um, the budget, from what I read, it encompasses five classes as well for next year, mm-hmm. um, which we desperately need so I can get days off to enjoy vacation. So five classes, you mean like as in they're bringing Cadets. in five new, like five mm-hmm. new... Correct. I don't know Cadet what you classes. call it. Cadet classes. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so, they're bringing, so they're hiring five new classes of officers. Right. So a lot of people have also been discussing about the, the, the hiring process mm-hmm. for officers, how mm-hmm. it's, it's way less shorter than somebody to get a college degree, but the risks as far as like the risks that you all are taking and the lines that you're protecting mm-hmm. are way higher than, you know, somebody that has a finance degree. So do you feel that there should be some adjustments to the the I guess the enrollment process or the the process as far as is it is it cadet school? So, is that what so you call it? The academy. The academy. So, okay. so, so you're saying the that academy. that the process is too short or too Yes, a lot of people think that the process is too short and that is why there are so many um errors or discrepancies when it comes to what the officers should do or or, you know, in certain situations. A lot of people don't feel that the amount of time that you um, that you spend in the academy is mm-hmm. adequate enough for you to deal with the situations that, you know, as you said, you as police officers face and that is a lot of the reason why a lot of these things are happening mm-hmm. to the point where lives are being endangered, lives are being lost, is from lack of knowledge on how to, I mean, not speaking to you personally, but mm-hmm. lack of knowledge on how officers need to do their job. Right. So for, for those people, what do you feel that you, I mean, not saying you personally, mm-hmm. um, but is, do you think that there could be some changes to the academy process that could improve the officers that they put on the, put on the front line? I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that there can always be, be changes to to a given process. Um, I mean, even with, within my my fraternity, I feel like they could be changed within the process of the members that we bring in there as well. Mm-hmm. There can always be be, be changes, uh, and each person is going to view those changes differently. Um, I can't tell you what changes would be need to you know um, somebody who's coming into you know uh, the fire department or whatever. Because I'm not okay. I'm not in the fire department, so I don't okay. understand what they're what their process is of making a, a firefighter, mm-hmm. you know, just like me sitting with, with my, with my cousin. Right. I can't tell you the process of what it is to be a Kappa. Uh-huh. I, I'm an Omega, so I can't tell you what it is to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can say, I mean, I'm sure that there are changes that, that, that could be implemented. Um, as far as time, um, as far as the time that's placed into making a, an officer, mm-hmm. or whatnot, I feel that that is adequate. Um, I came out just fine. I feel like it's about learning your craft with anything, you know. Um, it's about so much time you can incubate something and you put wheels on the road and you actually learn. And the process doesn't end after the academy. You're still in training for another six months, which, mm-hmm. which, which you know, I've known people who have gotten, gotten terminated within those six months of probationary period. So when you get out, you're in a probationary period for six months. Okay. You're riding with a with with senior officer who's, okay. who's, who's training you, okay. you know, teaching you the ropes of how to do it now. But policing is a is a is a I believe that it's a philosophy and ideology based profession. So mm-hmm. how you view things in the world is how you're going to police. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where you come from in a sun up, sundown place, right. you may view things from a different scope than me. Because right. I I've been at a younger age, I've been introduced to far more many different cultures than you as well. Right. So if I walk into 
a Japanese household, I may know that I, I may need to take my shoes off in this right, household. Right, right, right. I only know that because you know, I watch mangoes, but I know that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, or, you know, if I'm dealing with, you know, a, a Hispanic culture or whatnot, you know, I'm going to more so speak to, to the male of the household, and it's going to probably be the oldest male in the house, mm -hmm. you know. So it's just certain things that you learn, you know. Um, some know it beforehand. I've been privileged to being introduced to a lot of different cultural changes, you know, growing up in a melting pot. Some have to learn it later on, and it comes slower, mm -hmm. you know. Um, some are accepting of it, some aren't. Mm -hmm. So it, it's all about, you know, what you're open to learning, you know. So um, I don't feel like the incubation period is too long. Um, it's just about the individual, about learning, learning their craft. Okay. So with that being said, as far as, um, like you said, what... I know you said you don't necessarily know what's going on at the, you know, the fire department or what's going on, you know, over here. But in in within your own department, mm -hmm. within your own ranks, do you all have the opportunity to advocate for change within the police department? Like, is that something that you all have access to? Uh, that, that's that's all that's all state mandated. Come, mm. Everything comes from Austin, so Austin's the capital. Um, that's that's legislators uh, talk right there. So I mean, we we do what what Austin. So Texas you do this kind of like what you're told versus like, so like, what you're instructed to do, right? Yeah, when you're speaking of, of academy times and, you know, because we get licensed from the state. Mm -hmm. So if the state says you need X amount of hours to do this, mm -hmm. then that's what, what, what we'll do. But to be honest, um, HPD does, does go a little bit above as far as, you know, uh, scholastics and things. Like that. So where I, where I came from in Charlotte, it was a lot more lax. Mm. Here the academy was a lot more rigorous I'll say mm. within the same amount of time though so. okay so so allow me to clarify if there is an issue directly within your department that you haven't you know that you feel like this needs to change do you all have the opportunity to speak oh. or address that issue like you oh, have yes. like town halls or weekly meetings yes uh, yeah, that's our, our, our chief has a, has an open door policy mm. um, he, he's, he's a very approachable guy as you guys he's a he's a person of the people mm -hmm. um I mean, he he has open door policy. If I need to go speak to him, I'm sure I can shoot him an email and he'll give me a date and a time to come speak to him. Mm -hmm. I've never had a reason to go speak to him mm -hmm. uh, myself, but um, I know that that's that that's an option if I needed to. Okay, so um, to to kind of backtrack, and and my question may be a loaded question, and I understand if you cannot answer it, and you're mm -hmm. more than welcome to say that you cannot. But um, you stated that, you know, in regards to the, um, you know, you have a probationary period mm -hmm. and a lot of the times, you know, the cadet has to follow a, a senior officer and, you know, they're supposed to teach them the ropes and this is going to be based upon what that person knows. If you, in, I guess we could just use the, the George Floyd case, except now I'm going to ask you to speak on it because I know that that's like conflict of interest possibly. But in, the, in this particular instance, his name Derek um, you know, one of the officers out there who was, um, who's also, you know, been indicted or whatever for, you know, ass assisting with the, you know, just standing there while all of this is happening, they said that, you know, he was only on the force for, 
for like a couple of weeks and Derek was his senior officer that was the person that he was following that was the person mm-hmm. that you know he's paying attention to right. when you have people like that that are setting that example in that instance let's be real not saying that morally he should not have known what to do but you know as as a cadet in that situation he may not have known what right. to do right. so when you're placed in a situation like that where you literally do have the bad apple teaching the seed what do you feel as as an officer that it's your duty to do if you see this person being a bad seed and we're just going to separate the George Floyd but this person just being a bad mm-hmm. seed they have a uh, you know, like I said, you have well, somebody that's following them. How do you step in to alleviate that? I mean, that that that'll that'll more than likely be a uh, be a training supervisor issue. Um, and the training supervisors, once again, they have an open door policy. They they meet with with the uh, with the cadets before they assign to anybody and say, you know, if there's any issues that go on during your training process, feel free to come contact me. Let me know. You know, if you feel if somebody's making you feel uncomfortable riding with them, if somebody says something that's that's you know that's that's out of the way to you, you know, um, you, you have an open door. Now you, you're still, you're still an adult, you know, um, so you should carry yourself as such. I'm here to learn the job. I'm not here to be a punching bag or to be, you know, maid service for you. So if I have an issue, you know, um, if I got to go speak to, to a supervisor and that's what I'll do, you know? So, um, I don't know how their, yeah. how yeah. his supervisor may have been or not. I can only speak for here that, um, I mean, you know, if, if you're not, if you feel like you're not taking away what you need to gain from your training, uh, your training period, then you, you can you can go to your supervisor and say, you know, I'm not getting what I need out of this, and they'll more than likely switch you up to a different uh, different training officer. Okay, so I'm gonna pause right there for one second just because I see all of these paragraphs. I hear y'all, people. I hear y'all. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Okay, so some people disagree with the budget. We have one one party who says, I am a career teacher, and a lot of that money would be better served in education and job creation. Then we might possibly have less criminals. Do you believe that that could be, that could be true? That if we spent more money in education, we might need less policing? It, it very well may so be true. I, I, don't, I don't have, I'm not privileged to those statistics. I mean, you know, he, he's saying very well may so. I mean, that's it very well may so be the case. Um, mm-hmm. I, I haven't looked at statistics between, you know, their budget of what they get and what is allocated towards either. So I can't really speak on on what 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 his profession has going on. I, I said, I mean, you know, if that's what you guys need, I guess you guys union should get out there and hike for it. Whoever, I mean, our chief or whatnot, uh, our union, uh, they went out and did what they had to do to get the budget or whatnot. So I I don't know how much you guys may need or what you guys' budget is. So I haven't looked at any numbers, to be fair. So, okay. But I, it, it, could be a, it could be a correlation or whatnot, you know, that, you know, uh, more money allocated to, 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 you know, education could teeter the, the, the balance of crime and, you know. So um, I have... Two more questions. Mm-hmm. So, um, in the midst of all of this at the town hall meeting when they were creating the budget, there were also a few amendments that were um, thrown out there. One of them was flat out declined by uh, Mayor Sylvester. It was voted out. Um, but the other has been uh, delegated to a committee for review. And that one would be uh, to 
funding to implement mental health crisis prevention that would not rely on law enforcement but regular civilians. Right. Do you feel that um, as far as the, the mental health aspect of it when it comes to dealing with people who may not necessarily need a, a forceful hand that a lot of people feel that unfortunately officers do come with, um, do you feel that that is something that that your unit or your job description should not be able to handle? Um, it would definitely be a, a luxury of having really uh, having somebody else come out and, and handle that matter. Really, um, but I have no issues handling it right, either. Right. Um, but I'm like you said, you wear a lot of hats. Yeah, but I'm I'm not against you know if you wanted to come out and answer that call for me now. <laughs> but that being said, or whatnot, um, you know, everything doesn't go according to the books or whatnot, you know. Sometimes, you know, you may pull up to a scene and this guy, I mean, this subject is very on, on, the, on the far end of the spectrum mm -hmm. of whatever mental illness that they're dealing with. And mm -hmm. you may be dealing with something dangerous. Mm -hmm. We may end up back together on that scene <laughs> or whatnot. You might be running behind my car. But right. I mean, I, I'm. Not, I mean, not just joking. I mean, I, I'm. I'm not right. against it at all. Um, I mean, I, I think that would be a, a great, a great uh, addition to uh, to assist us as well. I mean, we are. We're always looking for outlets of having others that can come in and help us. And we actually do have a uh, have licensed um, CIT officers that are not that are not law enforcement officers that that ride along with with our units. Um, they just have to, we, we just have to be, we don't have enough. Sorry, can you clarify what CIT means? Um, crisis intervention. Okay, so, crisis intervention team. Yeah, gotcha. so, so okay. they, they actually, we have a few of them that ride day and nighttime, but once again, with a city of 5 million people, I mean, it's hard to have a handful of people everywhere. You know, so, I mean, I may request one over the radio, and it, it could take that person maybe an hour to get to me. Well, a person that's in crisis can't wait an hour. Now, this is where... <laughs> the guy who was late. <laughs> but, um, but um, I mean, again, I'm not against that. I, I I think that would be a great idea. So, what do you feel that the 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 public or the members of the the Black Lives Matter movement can can do to assist the police? Since it seems like a lot of the the current climate is is tension. It's like we. I, I guess I'm I'm gonna say we speaking from the civilians. We don't necessarily care for the the officers or what mm -hmm. they have or what their duties are right now because mm -hmm. we are looking for results. We're looking for answers and things, and not necessarily you know in our own town because honestly, right. in this case, we're still looking for Brianna Taylor's people to be to be wrapped up. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, so what what do you feel that the civilians can do to make it easier for the officers? going through this, 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 I guess, transition in civil rights well, movement phase. Well, we'll, we'll see that, that's the thing, that, that's, that's where resentment comes on, on the back end is, you know, it's not about making it easier for, for anyone, it's about holding each other accountable. Okay, you know? I can respect so, that. So, um, I, I, I'm not looking for an easy route out of anything, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, I'm looking to, to do my job in the best way that I can. The, the moment that I pull up to you, I want you to feel like, okay, I have a sense of, of calm, security around me right now, and I have somebody who's going to assist me. And from the moment that, that happens to the moment I walk away, that you should feel like, well, I feel like he has helped me. Or if he was not able to satisfy the situation, he, had, he has at least pointed me in the right direction to get the help that I do need. 
So um, dealing with with um, with Black Lives Matter, um, I feel like you know that, that there's there's more to the narrative than just you know protesting. That we have we have town hall meetings. You know who shows up to those town hall meetings? Not me, because I didn't know that was a thing. Okay, like so. as far as like the the officer. Town hall meetings are open to the, the public. They're, they're, called, they're, they're called pit meetings. Pit meetings. Yes. They're open to the public. Mm-hmm. They are. So, you hear that, people? They are open so, to the public. So, so, so let me tell you who shows up to that. The, those who the older community um, who actually went through sit-ins and couldn't eat at certain places because they feel like they have more at stake. So they feel like you know I gave I gave a part of me back in the sixties and the seventies to to sit at this seat and have this conversation. Whereas our generation, we haven't had to endure those type of things. Right. Unless you drove through a sun up, sun down yeah, situation for, for, about 20, for about 20 you, minutes. Yeah, you learn, you learn about the KKK real early in the South. So, um, so, so those, you know, you know, not ironically, but I mean, those are the ones who are, who are at those meetings, mm-hmm. you know. And those, they're tired of fighting the fight. You know, they're ready for us. They're ready for the next generation yeah, to come up and, yeah. and, and to speak articulately and, and to also, you know, get their point across and meet in the middle. No, no one can have everything. Right. You know, it's about being realistic about expectations and needs and what can be put out as well. So, um, you know, and, and, and if that meeting doesn't fit what, what you want, then you can always, you know, arrange that meeting. You know, stop by, speak to, speak to you know sergeants and, and captains, you know, commanders, you know, and, and, re- and request that time, you know. Um, if you don't request it, then you won't get the time because we're, we're understaffed and we're busy, you know, so you have to, what time will be made for you if, you, if that's what you want. Word. So where do you find out about these meetings? Like, is, do y'all post? Is, like, is it on the, I know it's not like on your yeah. Instagram or something. No, no, no. <laughs> Which shows, like, if you don't open the book or get off of your Instagram, you not hear about it, people. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, a, a lot of the, these these meetings are are, are on the uh, on, on the city's website. Okay. Uh, HGX.gov. Um, well, Houston.gov. Um, and you may be able to find some on uh, on our website as well on the uh, on the police yeah, website. So last but not least, in the middle of all of this, what keeps you motivated to do what you do? Um, well, I simply enjoy what I do. Um, I, I really don't, I mean, my motivation is, is that, is that, you know, I'm, I'm a familiar face that, you know, people can come to and speak to. I, I patrol the historical third ward area, you know, I, I, I enjoy patrolling third ward, you know, getting to hear some of the old stories of how third ward used to be and what it's transitioning into now. Yes, the history um, is it's beautiful. You know, um, I've learned a lot about the, the procedures Jack Yates, um, you know, met some of his family members as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I'm sure you heard about the illustrious Texas Southern University. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been I've been to homecoming a few times. You know, <laughs> so um, but uh, I mean, I, I just enjoy what I do, and when you enjoy what you do, you have fun at what you with what you do. Um, it's you really don't need much motivation.